My name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 6. Chapter 6. An old dead friend comes to visit. The next morning, after breakfast, I told Grover about my dream. We sat in the meadow, watching the satyrs chase the wood nymphs through the snow. The nymphs had promised to kiss the satyrs if they got caught but they hardly ever did. Usually the nymph would let the satyr get up a full head of steam, then she'd turn into a snow-covered tree, and the poor satyr would slam into it head first and get a pile of snow dumped on him. While I told Grover my nightmare, he started twirling his finger in his shaggy leg fur. The cave ceiling collapsed on her? He, he asked. Yeah, what the heck does that mean? Grover shook his head. I don't know. But after what Zoe dreamed? Whoa, what do you mean? Zoe had a dream like that? I I don't know exactly. About three in the morning, she came to the big house and demanded to talk to Kyron. She looked really panicked. Wait, how do you know this? Grover blushed. I was sort of camped outside the Artemis cabin. What for? Just to be, you know, near them? You're a stalker with hooves. I am not. Anyway, I followed her... To the big house and hid in a bush and watched the whole thing. She got really upset when Argus wouldn't let her in. It was kind of a dangerous scene. I tried to imagine that. Argus was the head of security for camp. A big blonde dude with eyes all over his body. He rarely showed himself unless something serious was going on. I don't want to place bets on a fight between him and Zoe Nightshade. What did he say? I asked. Grover grimished. Well, she starts talking really old-fashioned when she gets upset, so it's kind of hard to understand, but something about Artemis being in trouble and needing the hunters. And then she called Argus, 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 Argus a boiled brain lout. I think that's a bad thing. And then he called her, Whoa, wait, how could Artemis be in trouble? I, well, finally Kyron came out in pajamas and his horse tail in curlers. He wears curlers in his tail? Grover covered his mouth. Sorry, I said. Go on. Well, Zoe said she needed permission to leave camp immediately. Kyron refused. He reminded Zoe that the hunters were supposed to stay here until they received orders from Artemis. And she said, Grover gulped. She said, how are we going to get orders from Artemis if Artemis is lost? What do you mean lost? Like she needs directions? No, I think she meant gone. Taken. Kidnapped. Kidnapped? Try to get my mind around that. How could you kidnap an immortal goddess? Is that even po possible? Well, yeah. I mean, it happened to Persephone, but she's like the goddess of flowers. Grover looked offended. Springtime. Whatever. Artemis is a lot more powerful than that. Who would kidnap her, and why? Grover shook his head miserably. I don't know, Kronos? He can't be that powerful already, can he? The last time we'd seen Kronos, he'd been in tiny pieces. Well, we actually hadn't seen him. Thousands of years ago, after the big Titan God War, the gods had sliced him to bits with his own scythe and scattered his remains in Tartarus, which is like the gods' bottomless recycling bin for their enemies. Two summers ago, Kronos had tricked 
us to the very edge of a pit and almost pulled us in. The last summer, then then last summer, on board Luke's demon cruise ship, we'd seen a golden coffin where Luke claimed he was summoning the Titan Lord out of the abyss, bit by bit, every time someone new joined their cause. Kronos could influence people with dreams and trick them, but I didn't see how he could physically overcome Artemis if he were still like a pile of evil bark mulch. I don't know, Grover said. I think somebody would know if Kronos had reformed. The gods would be more nervous, but still, it's weird. You having a nightmare the same night as Zoe, it's almost like you're connected, I said. Over in the frozen meadow, a satyr skidded on his hooves as he chased after a red-headed tree nymph. She giggled and held her arms out as he ran towards her. Pop! She turned into a scotch pine and he kissed the trunk at top speed. Ah, love, Grover said dreamily. I thought about Zoe's nightmare, which she'd only a few had a few hours after mine. I've got to talk to Zoe, I said. Um, before you do, Grover took something out of his coat pocket. It was a three-fold display, like a travel brochure. Remember what you said about how it was weird the hunters just happened to show up at Westover Hall? I think they might have been scouting us. Scouting us? What do you mean? He gave me the brochure. It was about the hunters of Artemis. The front read, A wise choice for your future. Inside were pictures of young maidens doing hunter stuff, chasing monsters, shooting bows. There there were captions like, Health benefits, mortality, and what it means for you. And, A boy free tomorrow. I found that in Annabeth's backpack, Grover said. I stared at him. I don't understand. Well, it seems to me, maybe Annabeth was thinking about joining. I'd like to say I took a good note. I took it. The news well. The truth was I wanted to strangle the heart hunters of Artemis, one eternal maiden at a time. The rest of the day I tried to keep busy, but I was worried sick about Annabeth. I went to javelin, throw, javelin throwing class, but the uh, Ares campers in charge yelled at me to get after I got distracted and threw the javelin at the target before he got out of the way. I apologized for the hole in his trousers, but he still sent me packing. I visited the Pegasus stable, but Selena from Bordegard from Aphrodite Cabin was having an argument with one of the hunters, and I decided I'd better not get involved. After that, I sat in the empty, empty chariot stands and sulked. Down at the archery fields, Chiron was conducting target practice. I knew he'd be the best person to talk to. Maybe he could give me some advice, but something held me back. I had a feeling Kyron would try to protect me, like he always did. He might not tell me anything, everything he knew. I looked in the other direction. At the top of Half-Blood Hill, Mr. D and Argus were feeding the baby dragon the guard, that guard of the Golden Fleece. Then it occurred to me, the, no one would be in the big house. There was someone else, something else, I could ask for guidance. My blood was humming was humming in my ears as I ran to the house and to the house and took the stairs. I'd only done this once before, and I still had nightmares about it. I opened the trap door and stepped into the attic. The room was dark and dusty, cluttered with junk, just like I remembered. There were shields and 
monster bites with monster bites out of them and swords bent in the shapes of de- daemon heads and a bunch of taxidermy like a stuffed harpy and a bright orange python over by the window sitting on a three-legged stool was the shriveled up mummy with an old lady in a tie-dye hippie's dress the oracle i made myself walk towards her i waited for green mist to belly to billow out of the mummy's mouth like it had like it had before but nothing happened hi i said uh, what's up? I winced at how stupid that sounded. Not much could be up when you're dead and stuck in the attic. But I knew the spirit of the oracle was in there somewhere. I could feel a cold presence in the room, like a coiled sleeping snake. I have a question, I said a little louder. I need to know about Annabeth. How can I save her? No answer. The sun slanted through the dirty attic window, making the dust motes dance in the air. I waited longer. Then I got angry. I was being stonewalled by a corpse. All right, I said. Fine. I'll figure it out myself. I turned and bumped into a big table of mo- full of so- souvenirs. It seemed more cluttered than the last time I was here. Here was stored all kinds of stuff in the attic. Quest trophies they no longer wanted to keep in their cabins, or stuff that held painful memories. I know Luke had stored a dragon claw somewhere up here, the one that had scarred his face. There was a broken sword hilt labeled, This broke and Leroy got killed, 1999. Then I noticed a pink scarf, silk scarf, with a label attached to it. I picked up the tag and tried to read it. Scarf of the Goddess Aphrodite, recovered at Waterland, Denver Co. by Annabeth Chase and Percy Jackson. I stared at the scarf. I totally forgot about it. Two years ago, Annabeth had ripped this this scarf out of my hands and said something like, Oh no, no love magic for you. I just assumed she'd thrown it away. And yet, here it was. She'd kept it all this time. Why'd she stashed it in the attic? I turned to the mummy. She hadn't moved, but the shadows across her face made it look like she was smiling gruesomely. I dropped the scarf and tried not to run towards the exit. The night after dinner, I was seriously ready to beat the hunters and capture the flag. I was go- it was going to be a small game. Only 13 hunters, including Bianca D'Angelo, and about the same number of campers. Zoe Nightshade looked pretty upset. She was glancing resentfully at Kyron, like she couldn't believe he was making her do this. The, o- the other hunters didn't look too happy either. Unlike last night, they weren't laughing and joking around. They just huddled together in the dining pavilion, whispering nervously to each other as they strapped on their armor. Some of them even looked like they'd been crying. I guess Zoe had told her about, told them about her nightmare. On our team, we had Beckendorf and two other Hephaestus guys, a few from the Ares cabin, though it still seems strange that Clarice wasn't around, the Stoll brothers, and Nico from Hermes' cabin, and a few Aphrodite kids. It was weird that the Aphrodite campers wanted to play. Usually they sat on the sidelines, chatted and checked the reflections of the river and stuff. But when they overheard we were fighting the hunters, they were roaring to go. I'll show them love is worthless, Selena Bordegard grumbled as she strapped on her armor. I'll pulverize them. That left Thalia and me. I'll take the offense, Thalia volunteered. You take the defense. Oh. I hesitated because I'd been about to say the exact same thing, only reversed. 
Don't you think with your shield and all, you'll be better defense? I already had Aegis on their arm, and even our own teammates were giving her a wide berth. Berth. Trying to cower before the bronze head of Medusa. Well, I was thinking it would make better offense, Dolly said. Besides, you have more practice at defense. I wasn't sure if she was teasing me. I had some pretty bad experience with defense on Capture the Flag. My first year, Annabeth had put me out as some kind of bait, and I'd almost been gored to death with spears and killed by a hellhound. Yeah, no problem, I lied. Cool. Thalia turned up, turned to help some of the Aphrodite kids who were having trouble suiting up their armor without breaking their nails. Nico D'Angelo ran up to me with a big grin on his face. Percy, this is awesome! His blue-feathered bronze helmet was falling in his eyes, but his breastplate was a... And his breastplate was about six sizes too big. I wonder if, if they were... There was any way I'd look that ridiculous when I'd first arrive. Unfortunately, I probably had. Nico lifted his sword with effort. Do we get to kill the other team? Well, no. But the hunters are immortal, right? That's only if they don't fall in battle. Besides, it would be awesome if we just, like, rescued it as soon as they were, as we were killed so we could keep, fi keep fighting and Nico, this is serious. Real swords, they, these can hurt. He stared at me, a little disappointed. And I realized I'd, that I'd sound a lot like my mother. Whoa, not a good sign. I patted Nico on the shoulder. Hey, it's cool. Just follow the team. Stay out of Zoe's way. We'll have a blast. Karen's hoof thundered on the pavilion floor. Heroes, he called. You know the rules. The river is the boundary line. Blue team, Camp Half-Blood shall take the West Woods. Hunters of Artemis, Red Team, shall take the Eastwoods. I will serve as referee and battlefield medic. No intentional maiming, please. All magic items are allowed. To your positions! Sweet, Nico whispered to me. What kind of magic items? Do I get one? I was about to break it to him that he didn't when Thalia said, Blue Team, follow me! They cheered and followed, and I had to run to catch up. And tripped over somebody's shield, so I didn't look much like a co-captain. More like an idiot. We set our flag at the top of Zeus's fist. It's this cluster of boulders in the middle of the West Woods. If you look at it just right, it looks like a huge fist sticking out of ground. But if you looked at it from any other side, it looks like a pile of enormous deer dropping. But Chiron wouldn't let us call that place the Coop Pile, especially after it had been named for Zeus, who doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Anyway, this is a good place to set the flag. The top boulder was six meters tall and really hard to climb, so the flag was really clear. So the flag was clearly visible, like the rule said it had to be, and it didn't matter that the guards weren't allowed to stand within ten meters of it. I set Nico on guard duty with Beckendorf and the Stoll brothers, figuring he'd be safely out of the way. We'll send out a decoy to the left, Talia told the team. Selena, you lead it. Got it. Take Lauren and Jason. They're good runners. Make a wide arc around the hunters. Attract as many as you can. I'll take the m main raiding party round to the right and catch them by surprise. Everybody nodded. It sounded good, and Thalia said it with such confidence you couldn't help but believe it would work. Thalia looked at me. Anything to add, Percy? Um, yeah, keep sharp defense. We've got four guards, two scouts. That's not much for a big forest. It'll be roving. Yell if you need help. And don't leave her post, Thalia said. Unless you see a golden opportunity, I added. 
I scowled. Just don't leave your post. Right, unless... Percy! She touched my arm and shocked me. I mean, everybody can get static shocks in the winter, but when Thaya does it, it hurts. I guess it's become... It's because her dad is a god of lightning. She's been known to fry people's eyebrows. Sorry, Thaya said, though she didn't sound particularly sorry. Now, is everybody clear? Everybody nodded. We broke into our smaller groups. The horn sounded, and the game began. Selena's group disappeared into the woods on the left. Thalia's group gave it a few seconds, then darted off towards the right. I waited for something to happen. I climbed Zeus's fist and got a good view over the forest. I remembered how the hunters had stormed out of the woods when they fought the Mentor, and I was prepared for something like that. What a huge charge that was overwhelm us, but nothing happened. I caught a glimpse of Selena and her two scouts. They ran through a clearing, followed by five of the hunters, leading them deep into the woods and away from Thalia. The plan seemed to be working. Then I spotted another clump of hunters heading to the right, bows ready. They must have spotted Thalia. What's happening? Nico demanded, trying to climb up next to me. My mind was racing. Thalia would never get through, but the hunters were divided. With that many on either flank, their center had to be wide open. If I moved fast... I looked at Beckendorf. Can you guys hold the fort? I'm going in. Beckendorf snorted. Of course. I'm going in. The Stoll brothers and Nico cheered as I raced towards the boundary line. I was running at top speed and I felt great. I leaped over the creek into enemy territory. I could see their silver flag up ahead. Only one guard that wasn't, who wasn't even looking in my direction. I heard a fighting to my left and right somewhere in the woods. I had to make... I, I had it made. The guard turned... At the last minute, it was Nika. Bian- it was Bianca D'Angelo. Her eyes widened as I slammed her into her, went, and she went sprawling into the snow. Sorry, I yelled. I ripped down the silver flag, from the silk flag from the trees and took off. When I was ten meters away, before Bianca managed to yell for help, I thought I was home free. Zip, silvery cord raced across my ankles, and I fastened to the net. To the tree next to me, a tripwire fired from a bow. Before I could even think about stopping, I went down hard, sprawling into the snow. Percy! Thalia yelled off to my left. What are you doing? Before she reached me, an arrow exploded at her feet and a cloud of yellow smoke billowed around her team. I started coughing and gagging. I could smell the gas from across the, wo- the woods. A horrible smell of sulfur. No fair! Thalia gasps, gasped. Fort arrows are unsportsmanlike. I got up and started running again. Only a few more meters to the river and I had the game. More arrows whistled past my ears. And hun- a hunter came out of nowhere and slashed me with a knife. Uh, with her knife. But I parried and kept running. I heard yelling from our side of the river. Beckendorf and Nico were running towards me. I thought they were coming to welcome me. But then I saw they were chasing someone. Zoe Nightshade, racing towards me like a cheetah dodging campers with no trouble. She had our flag in her hands. No! I yelled, and I poured on speed. I was a meter from the water when Zoe bolted across to her her own side, slamming into me for good measure. The hunters cheered as both sides converged on the creek. Karen appeared out of the woods, looking grim. He had the Stoll brothers on his back, and it looked as if both of them had taken some nasty wax to the head. Connor Stoll had arrows sticking out of his helmet like antenna. The hunters win, Karen announced with, without pleasure. 
Then he muttered for the fifty-sixth time in a row. Percy's Jackson! Thalia yelled, storming towards me. She smelled like rotten eggs, and I was so mad, and she was so mad that sparks flickered on her armor. Everybody cringed and backed up because of Aegeus. It took all my willpower not to cower. What in the name of the gods were you thinking? She bellowed. I balled my fists. I had enough bad stuff happen to me for one day. I didn't need this. I got the flag, Dahlia. I it shook. I shook it in her face. I saw a chance and I took it. I was at their base, Alia yelled, but the flag was gone. If you hadn't butted in, we would have won. You've had, you had too many on you. Oh, so it's my fault. I didn't say that. Ugh! Dahlia pushed me, and a shock went through my body that blew me backwards three meters into the water. Some of the campers gasped, and a couple of the hunters stifled laughs. Dahlia! Sorry, Dahlia said, turning turning pale. I didn't mean to. Anger roared in my ears. A wave erupted from the river, blasting into Thalia's face and dousing her from head to toe. I stood up. Yeah, I growled. I didn't mean to either. Thalia was breathing breathing heavily. Enough, Karen ordered, but Thalia held out her spear. You want some seaweed brain? Somehow, it was okay when Annabeth called me seaweed brain. At least, I'd got used to it, but hearing it from Thalia was not cool. Bring it on, pinecone face. I raised Riptide, but before I could even defend myself, Thalia yelled and a blast of lightning came down from the sky, hit her spear like a lightning rod, and slammed into my chest. I sat down hard. There was a burning smell, and I had a feeling it was it was my clothes. Thalia! Kyron said. That is enough! I got to my feet and willed the entire river to rise. It swirled up. Hundreds of gallons of water in a massive icy funnel cloud. Percy! Karen pleaded. I was about to hurl it at Thalia when I saw something in the woods. I lost my anger and my concentration all at once. The water splashed down into the riverbed. Thalia was so surprised, she turned to see what I was looking at. Someone, something was approaching. It was surrounded in a murky green mist, but as it got closer, the campers and hunters gasped. This is impossible, Kara said. I'd never hear him sound so nervous. It, she, she's never left the attic. Never. And yet, the withered mummy that held the oracle shuffled forward until she stood in the center of the group. Mist curled around her feet, turning the snow a slicky shade of green. None of us dared to move. Then her voice hissed inside my head. Apparently... Everyone could hear it, because several clutched their hands over their ears. I am the spirit of Deffy, the voice said. Speaker of prophecies, of Phobus Apollo, slayer of the mighty Python. The oracle regarded me with its cold, dead eyes. Then she turned unmistakably towards Zoe Nightshade. Approach, seeker, and ask. Zoe swallowed. What must... I do to help my goddess. The oracle's mouth opened and green mist poured out. I saw the vague image of a mountain and a girl standing in a bar- at the barren peak. It was Artemis, but she was wrapped in chains, fettered to the rocks. She was kneeling, her hands raised to fend off an attacker, but it looked like she was in pain. The oracle spoke. Five shall go west to the goddess in chains.
one shall be lost in the land without rain. But Bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combine, combine to prevail. The titans cursed must one withstand, and one shall perish by a parent's hand. Then, as we were watching, the mist swirled and retreated like a green, great green serpent into the mummy's mouth. The oracle sat down on the mock, on the a, mo, a rock, and be, because as became as still as she'd been in the attic, as if she might sit by a creek for a hundred years. Well, that was chapter six. I hope you had a good time listening to me read this chapter, and that I wasn't too far away from my phone that I'm recording with, and also that, um, uh, yeah, that I, my oracle voice, my oracle voice, wasn't too bad, um, hopefully you could hear it at least, yeah, and if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, or want to answer any of my questions, or just show that you're alive, anyone listening to my podcast, you could um, go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean and uh, find my podcast and comment there.